Welcome to the Get Thinking Podcast. Today we're going to be going over quiz one. Its topic is life. And just a heads up, today's quiz is a little bit longer than usual as it has about 10 questions when usually we have five. So a little bit longer, but it's going to be good. So let's go ahead and jump right into question number one. It says, why does human life have value? Simply put, human life has value because God has given it value. If you go to Genesis chapter 1, verses 26 through 27, it says, Then God said, Let us make man in our image after our likeness, and let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, and over the birds of the heavens, and over the livestock, and over all the earth, and over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. If you want more detail about how God created man, man and woman, you can go to Genesis chapter 2. But clearly here, God made people very special. Uh, unlike the rest of creation, God made people in his own image and after his own likeness. And this, his unique creation of people includes a soul that will never end uh, that's either destined for eternal life or eternal punishment. But God is the only one with the authority to define the value of life. This is because God is the ultimate authority. If you back up just a little bit and you go to Genesis chapter 1 verse 1, the first four words say, in the beginning, God. That means there is nothing before, nothing bigger, nothing greater than God is. He is the ultimate and he is the creator. We have no authority to be redefining what God has defined. So, God created people in his own image and likeness already bestowing immense value on people. And this designation is absolute, it's immutable, and it's completely independent of human definition. Every person, not conditional on age, ability, appearance, or any other variable, has this intrinsic value. Now, any other justification for the value of human life is subjective and therefore not valid. This happens when people reject God's definition, God's authority, and start making their own definition or designation of human value. People have no authority to do this. We are the created, not the creator. God has not given us the authority to decide what value human life has. So, when we come up with our own definitions, they're going to be subjective and they're going to have no authority over anyone else's. So nobody can tell anyone else that your definition is right or your definition is wrong. Clearly that leads to chaos, unstable societies, people, and it will inevitably result in some lives being, some human lives being valued more or less than others. It's not a good situation. But people still do it and it is just in rejection of God's authority for defining the value of human life. Moving on to question number two. Does the answer to the previous question affect one's views on other topics or issues? Why? 100% definitely does. As already stated, 
if somebody is recognizing the God-given intrinsic value of human life, then they're likely, and they're attributing that value to God, giving that value, they're likely recognizing God as the ultimate authority, which is going to shape your views on like every other topic and issue because you're going to be coming from that worldview. So that means that you're also going to be probably really fighting to protect life at any stage, regardless of variables, In of course, consistent with what God says in scripture. So, you know, if we're talking about war or something else, God has different provisions for different things, but you still, you value people as human beings made in the image of God. This also means that you're going to probably see that you lack authority to be redefining these things. Now, on the other hand, if you don't recognize the God-given intrinsic value in human life, and you're rather relying on your own subjective definition, that means you're probably going to be more prone and more likely to come up with a warped definition of human life, of the value of human life. So you're probably going to be ending up valuing some more than others subjectively. And it's not going to, you're going to be basing it off of maybe age, ability, appearance, preferences. It's going to be subjective and it is going, you're not going to be recognizing God's authority, but rather lying on your, relying on your own personal subjective standards. And that's going to shape that worldview. Relying on yourself is going to be shaping your views on all kinds, on every other topic, pretty much an issue. You're going to be not following God's authority and, and what he says is good. You're going to be leaning on your own understanding and coming up with your, your own standards. Moving to question number three. Which of the following documents contains the phrase, we hold these truths to be self-evident, that all men are created equal, that they are endowed by their creator with certain unalienable rights, that among these are life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness? This is a multiple choice question. The two options are the United States Constitution and the Declaration of Independence. The correct answer is the Declaration of Independence. I think it's so cool how the founders recognized that we were created. And that means that that we have a creator and he's given us unalienable rights. And that means that there is a God with authority um, that is objective and not subjective. So we aren't defining it. He has given the definition and the value and we are recognizing that value. All right. Question number four. What does the founder's articulation of these values infer? <laughs> kind of just went over this, but this is a, I'll go over it again. And this is a check, check box answer. So it means you can pick more than one. The options are that our rights come from God, not government. Another option is that there are absolute values and truth that the government must recognize. And then the last option says that the qualifications for human for human life to have value are decided by the people or the government. So kind of as we've we've been saying, the correct options are that our rights come from God, not government, and that there are absolute values and truth the government re must recognize. Yeah, we were just saying, saying that we have a creator and that our rights come from this creator mean that there are absolute values and truth from an ultimate authority, God, that we are simply recognizing. We're not defining, we are recognizing. And then the incorrect option that says that human life is decided by people or government is the subjective definition, which will not work, leads to chaos and terrible things. All right, question number five. How do you think most people in culture today 
define or designate the value of human life. Now, if you go to Romans chapter 1, um, specifically like verses 18 and on, it kind of talks about how we are without excuse. So you'd think that people would be like, oh, we, God is the, is, is God and he's the ultimate authority and, and we, there's, people have value because he's given them value and so on and so forth, but they don't. So the alternative to placing God as God means that someone or the individual is usurping God's role and putting themselves as God. So basically the God of self and they're creating their own standard. And if you go back to the Garden of Eden and original sin, that's really kind of what sin is. It's the rejection of God's authority and his commands in in substituting what is right in your own eyes. You're putting yourself first, making yourself God. And that's the first that's against the first commandment in Exodus chapter 20, which says you shall have no other gods before me. That's what God was saying. And if you go to Matthew chapter 22, verses 37 to 39, Jesus says, You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. This is the great and first commandment. And a second is like it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. So there it is again. It's, it's kind of a summation, summation of the law. It first, love God first. Put God as God. And then second, love your neighbor as yourself, which is kind of funny. You know, here we are, we're talking about the value of life. And that's all because God has said so. God has given it this value. But when we, in our sinful ways, reject God as God and put ourselves as God, we are coming up with our own subjective standards and we are rejecting God's authority. Now, I think in America today, there are two, basically two camps of God of self camps where you're rejecting God as the ultimate authority and making yourself God. Uh, The first one I would say are people who might even say that they're Christians or they mention God, but they're not living accordingly or uh, and so they are rejecting God as ultimate authority and just coming up with their own standards anyway and and, you know, not following strictly to what God has said. The other camp I would say are people who just reject God altogether and kind of go maybe more with a more evolutionist, evolutionary worldview, which necessarily needs people to be their own subjective God. So I would say those are basically the two ways, two camps in America today that people um, probably operate from uh, if they're not recognizing that God's the ultimate authority and people of value because he's given it. But basically that all boils down to if you're not recognizing God's definition and his authority, then you're going to be recognizing some form of your own standard. So you're going to be doing some kind of a God of self-definition, some subjective definition. And you, you'll be able to see this in people's policies and, and how they view things. It's going to be inconsistent because it's subjective and they're, you're leaning on your own understanding. Now, moving on to question number six. According to Webster's 1828 Dictionary, a person is defined as, and this is a multiple choice question, I'll go ahead and read the options. Option number one, an individual human being consisting of body and soul. Option number two, a human individual. Option number three, 
A person, plural people or persons, is a being that has certain capacities or attributes, such as reason, morality, consciousness, or self-consciousness, and being a part of a culturally established form of social relations such as kinship, ownership of property, or legal responsibility. And then the fourth option says an advanced living being with sentience and reasoning capabilities. The correct answer is the first option, an individual human being consisting of body and soul. And that is just like the first portion of his first definition. But I think it's really cool how Webster's um, dictionary uses more of a biblical worldview in defining things. All right, we're going to move to question number seven. What form of government values life most? This is a multiple choice question. The four options are constitutional republic, democracy, socialism, and monarchy. The correct answer is constitutional republic. Uh, question number eight ties into this. It says, in one sentence, explain why this form of government values life the most. Uh, so, a constitutional republic values life the most because it has a written law to govern the sinful tendencies of government officials and has the representational provisions to combat majority tyranny and corruption. A constitutional republic, specifically in America, was designed to provide checks and balances on those in government positions because... The founders, the people who crafted the government, had the understanding and knew that people are naturally inclined to abuse power. They're, they're not inclined to limit their power. And this is because we are naturally sinful and that means that we naturally want to make our own standards and we don't want to recognize God and his absolute standards and definitions. And then we are serving God of self. So uh, our, um, especially in America, our constitutional republic is designed to combat that because as we've, as we've discussed earlier, subjective definitions are going to be inconsistent and they're going to be unstable and they are going to be destructive and lead to chaos. And of course, that's terrible for society. So this form of government protects against that the most. The other three provide way too much room for that subjective determination and abuse to cause tyranny and just be horrible for society. All right, moving on to question number nine. Who said, of all the dispositions and habits which lead to political prosperity, religion and morality are indispensable supports. In vain would that man claim the tribute of patriotism, who should labor to subvert these great pillars of human happiness, these firmest props of the duties of man and citizens. The mere politician, equally with the pious man, ought to respect and cherish them. A volume could not trace all their connections with private and public felicity. Let it simply be asked, where is the security for property, for reputation, for life, if the sense of religious obligation desert the oaths, which are the instruments of investigation in courts of justice? And this is a multiple choice question. The four options are Benjamin Franklin, George Washington, John Adams, and Benjamin Rush. The correct answer is George Washington. He said this in his 1796 farewell address right be or before the end of his second term as the first president of the United States. I think it's really cool here how George Washington recognized that religion has security. It presents a security. That's because there are absolutes. There's objective truth 
that can't come from people, that only comes from God, and that secures life. It provides security for life. All right, moving on to question number 10, the final question. What is one of your favorite quotes or Bible verses regarding the intrinsic value of human life? Uh, I'm going with Genesis chapter 1, verses 26 through 27, which we read um, at the beginning. It's just so clear, and it just states it so plainly. And just reading the first chapter of Genesis, you know that God is the ultimate authority, and he created people, and that's why they have value. And the God of the universe, the ultimate creator, made people in his own image. I mean, that's pretty incredible. And Genesis provides such an awesome basis and insight into God and his character, especially just that first chapter. It's awesome. All right, so that wraps up quiz number one, life. And if you would like to fill out this quiz on your own, you can email us at get.thinking.minds at gmail.com. And if you want to join the email list to get our weekly quizzes, just email that same email and we'll be happy to add you to our list. You can also go to our Instagram page, get.thinking.minds, and you can DM us if you want to is there, follow us. And if you have any questions, any comments, suggestions, please let us know. We'd love to hear it. And you can just email or DM us. So I will talk to you guys in the next episode. We'll go over quiz two. Until then, I hope you have a great week and let's get thinking.